Um, I was at the uh, Noto School of Art that gallery, and um, I was sitting there talking to Laurie, who goes to church here, and I'm like, yeah, we have a little homily for Sunday. She goes, oh, I just love Easter Sunday, in that Laurie voice. Yeah. <laughs> she said, you know, it's just so wonderful, Pastor Brown, because when you get up and do the homily, it's like normal length in other churches, even though you call it short. And we just like it. Sorry, I can't control what the Lord does, Lord. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor here at Christ Central Church, and happy Resurrection Sunday. The Resurrection. It's all right. Um, The Resurrection. We look at this passage today, some background. Paul is dealing with this idea that a resurrection exists. That one day Christ's believers, believers in Jesus, will be raised from the dead as he was. That they will live as he lives even after that. Now this argument about the resurrection was not new. Jesus battled with it in his day, the idea of the dead bodily resurrection with the Sadducees, who were experts in the law, uh, different than the Pharisees in that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Now, probably in this Greek church in Corinth, more uh, to, this battle has more to do with the belief in an afterworld that did not include a return to your body. As a matter of fact, Plato and his students believed that death actually provided a final relief and release, a liberation from the prison of this body to a better life in a spiritual world, freedom from this world and the flesh. Greek mythology actually declared that Hades was a better place than earth as opposed to being in the body living as a human being. And so they believe, yes, life after death, sure, gives us some hope. But Paul, what you're talking about, what Christianity is saying, which is life after life after death, that's nuts. That's too much hope. That's a dream. And so in this world of unbelief, Paul, and we see in this passage, in concert and conclusion of what every witness of the Gospels that you have in your Bible declare, that Paul holds that Jesus bodily resurrected, not just spiritually or psychologically as some have assumed that for the purposes of Christianity, uh, Christianity's thesis of, of redemption, the idea of the resurrection, the concept, let me, let me say the ethereal perspective of the re- resurrection, that somehow that is good enough that Jesus did not really have to rise again. That just the belief that he did would be enough to help us through a hard world. It would be enough for us to live like good, moral people and on and on through the enlightenment, through the theory of what I would describe as as the de-evolutionary theory, where man went from the crown of God's creation, vice-regent, Lord, small l, Lord, of God's world to a product of a miraculous reversal of the second law of thermodynamics to support a theory whose family tree includes cousin chimp, 
an uncle orangutan. Where there's no way a body, just a biological mixture of cells and all kind of stuff could come back. The resurrection remains the crazy distinction of Orthodox Christians all over the world who believe as the Bible teaches in this passage that if Jesus died, end of the story, then oh, as Paul conveys here, that Christianity and its followers are to be pitied more than all men and women on the earth. You saw this news thing going on about they found the tomb of Jesus and his wife, Mary, and his son, Jesus Jr. And uh, I, got, I got a call from John Oxenberger. He was like, Pastor Brown, I got a question for you. I'm like, oh, boy. That's my fishing buddy, you know. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, Pastor Brown, what if it's true? What if they find Jesus in there? I'm like, John, if it's true, we've done. (laughs) We can shut it down. It's all over. And it's funny because then Amari and I talked about it, and and John and I talked about it some more. And it's funny how when we, the first thing that came to my own hedonistic mind, sometimes like, you know, I'm I'm thinking, man, Think of the things we could do. I'm going crazy. I'm going to do everything I want to do. You know, um, um, and, and I think sometimes we think what Paul, what Paul is saying here is, man, if the resurrection is true, we should be pitied. Because, man, we could have gotten more drunk than we did. You know, we could have gotten the top shelf uh, tequila instead to get drunk instead of paying the dollars for love. We could have slept around free from guilt. We could have had the party of our lives. Oh, you pitiful Christians. You missed out on all the fun. You came home at curfew. You obeyed. You listened. You didn't hook up with that girl or that guy because they didn't believe or whatever. Oh, man, what a mess. You, sh- you should have taken the jump. You should have you should have uh, bought the car. You should have blown all your money. Forget responsible spending and living. Oh, you are to be pitied. Is that what Paul's saying? I don't think so. Apostle Paul was saying something more than that. Maybe in our despair, that would be the result. Oh, Jesus didn't rise. Oh, how pitiful I am. Let me go get a couple of shots somewhere. So it's just the open today. Because if it ain't true, I'm rolling over there. It's, it, it, he's saying in our despair, he's saying something more dramatic and heartbreaking if the resurrection weren't true. Not that we're pitied because we had didn't have any much have fun, which is he's saying this. Look at the things he's talking about being in vain if the resurrection weren't true. He is saying uh, that our preaching, the, the good news is empty, the belief in the gospel is it was foolish, that our witness that you saw going on up here, that that living and, and spoken result of what we believe to be Jesus' work in us, that that, that, that he's saying that the best life you were ever living, the best story you were ever believing and listening to, the greatest love you ever felt or knew or experienced or ever could not have imagined for yourself 
was but a moment. It was a dream you woke up from. It was a wraith. And, and that's worse than, than living with no hope at all. It, it means that, that all you heard in those testimonies was luck. And it was done. People did things for you, Stacy and Dan, and you, Billy, just because they were guilty. You know, they, 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 maybe they wanted to get something from you, Billy. Were you an engineer or something? Maybe, maybe I need some help on my porch or something. Maybe, maybe I need you to come, uh, Dan and Stacy. I mean, whatever. Stacy, I need some help with the plants in the front yard. You know, you architecture, um, you know, plant person. And, and I'm just, <laughs> which means there is no one that really loves you. What did you feel? You fooled yourself. I didn't love you. They didn't love you. There is you are not created special. I'm sorry you believed that and lifted your head and walked down the street that way. It ain't true. That there are not people who really care for you. Now get this. That oppression of people is the right result of natural selection. It's all about survival of the fittest and the strongest. It's nature that some women get abused. It's simply nature that people can take advantage of children. All the abuses that you have suffered or do suffer and that we fight against are no longer can be, can no longer be called abuses. For what is happening to you and you pine for and hope for is, that's it. You're getting all of what is reality without the resurrection. You're getting all the best there is. All that we have believed and truly felt and experienced and seen changed about human dignity, a freeing of the slaves, women's rights, child protection laws were basically based on a good idea and not on the fact that human life is more than it is subjected to here on earth by the evil and violent and neglectful. Jesus didn't rise from the grave. Here is the message for you. Stop crying and weeping on the hard state of things and just accept that things cannot get better than this life in your body right now can provide. Our tears, your angst, your pain, your dissatisfaction feelings, or dissatisfaction feelings, your fight that things, for things that aren't right without the resurrection are an act whose curtain call is but a casket away. Which means there is not a God who's found us just like we really are. Broken. Hated. Hating sick, physically susceptible breakdown, and that this God loved us by making his own son, God in the flesh, die and rise to win unconditional relationship with him and have us experience unconditional forgiveness and love from him. It's worse than living godless and friendless and loveless because you have believed and lived in those truths. And guess what? He didn't rise. It was all fake. I don't know what you were feeling. It wasn't real. This time of year is a very fun time to watch basketball. I usually watch it all year round, but I like the drama of what goes on. And it wasn't a college game per se, but 
it was a pro game and it was like two seconds left on the clock. And, you know, they were up by one point. And so the guy grabs the ball for, for the winning team and he throws it up in the air, right? You know it's going to take two seconds for it to go up and come back down. He throws it up in the air and everybody's cheering, woohoo! And he's even cheering in the one point whatever seconds is up. How many, hey Duke fans, how long does it take to get a shot off? Anyway, but whatever time it went up, it's an inside joke. Okay, every time, and he threw it up, yay! And it landed in somebody's hand with .7 seconds left. They shoot it in, done! They lose. Anybody, you, you've experienced that your team. I mean, they played one heck of a game. I mean, sweat and tears and everything. And at the very end, it meant nothing. You're going to be pitied above all people if the resurrection isn't true. Because you've lived a life of supposed victory. You felt uh, winning. You felt love. You've felt forgiveness. Just at the last minute for it not to be true. It's worse. Not, it's worse than not playing the game. It's actually playing the game thinking you're going to win only to be cheat, cheated at the very end. It's like the testimony we had with Stacy. That was a good end. I can't think of a patient to be more pitied than a woman who gives birth to a child that does not live. Nobody can take away what you felt. He was growing in there. He came out. He was crying. He was healthy. He was even eating. And he stopped breathing. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, this Christianity, this church stuff has been growing and we can feel it and we see it and we hear it and we believe it. If Jesus didn't rise, our faith has stopped breathing. More pitied. Pitied above all else. We have that believers felt, known, seen, experienced, even being been changed by by seeing how the gospel works in our world, and if Jesus died, you are on a religion, religious, uh, you're having a religious hallucination that made a life that was really empty full to once off in the light of that it was once full, and now with Jesus not rising, it's back to the empty world that you only thought you left. But guess what? The best thing that ever happened, the best story you could have ever told about you for you, the best love you could have ever known, the authentic love between people, the dignifying real worth of your life, Scripture says is no lie. The Bible says because he rose from the grave, 
that the good news of God's love for sinners, His express relief of sickness and sadness and loneliness and despair and all the things you heard going wrong in the testimony of life, that those things have been swallowed up by Jesus' death and that the gospel is real. What you see, what you heard, what you've even experienced yourself is not a dream. It's an ever-living, eternal reality because he rose so unlike the Greeks life after broken life after death makes the life we live in the body real and relevant and important we get all this because Jesus came and lived And died and rose again. So that those of us who, whoever, who who are his can live abundant life, real life, authentic life, true life, honest life today, right now. Having death become the sad but now redeemed entrance into eternal life. How can I say it? Jesus rising from the grave is truly the best thing, best message, best relationship, best experience that you did and could and has ever happened to you and me. It is true because he rose, God so loved and loves and will love you, the world that he sent his only begotten son to die and to rise, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish in irrelevance or emptiness, but have life eternal. He rose from the grave. And we are no longer to be pitied, but there's a call to celebrate and live in that truth. He rose. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you rescued us from the jaws of irrelevance and pain, failure, loneliness. And that it's all true. What we have felt and known and experienced is not a dream but an ever-waking reality because he rose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen.